Welcome to the Weekend Booktopian, our podcast where a few Booktopians get together to chat book news and the books that we are reading and enjoying. I'm Nick Wasiliev and I'm joined over the airwaves by Mark Harding, our head of brand and content. Hello, Mark. Hey, Nick. And Cassandra Sharp, our assistant category manager for nonfiction trade. Hello, Cass. Hey, Nick. Um, it's great to have you both here uh, today for uh, another episode. And with as with previous episodes that we've been doing over the last couple of weeks, we are, of course, once again, recording in the time of lockdown here in Sydney. And so we're going to start off by talking about things that are bringing us joy at the moment uh, before we kind of kick into the book side of things. Um, and I'm going to throw to you first, Mark. Uh, what has been bringing you joy over the last couple of weeks? Oh, you put me on the spot. I didn't actually prepare for this. this week. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy it. Um, Maybe it's this moment and improvising. Um, <laughs> okay, something's been bringing me joy. My favourite band uh, is The War on Drugs. They have a new album coming out and they've been releasing a couple of songs from that over the past couple of weeks. And I've been thoroughly enjoying um, hearing their new, their new stuff and uh, seeing um, them doing live performances. I think they were on Colbert the other night and stuff. And it's just nice that, you know, one of my favorite bands is kind of being being more present than they have been for the past couple of years. And I'm very excited uh, to get the album when it comes out in October. And and um, American Horror Story, the new season. I've been watching oh, that, it's great. <laughs> That's been bringing me joy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can imagine you definitely being an American Horror Story fan. Wouldn't have picked War on Drugs. Wouldn't have, yeah. Oh, I love them. Love them. Yeah. I've never heard of War on Drugs, just for anyone listening. So I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I'll, 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 keep, I'll just quickly wipe this faint look of shock off my face. And, uh... No, that's okay. You can keep it. That's fine. <laughs> the, the lead singer is uh, married to Jessica Jones. Oh, okay, cool. The, the girl who plays Jessica Jones is married to the lead singer of The War on Drugs, yeah. Right. I, I'm just trying to make it relevant for you. That's the only reference that I, mean, I have I still, is Marvel. Like, I know like, who she is, but <laughs> I don't know who he up. is. It's fine. I'll Google them. Yeah. It's okay. So um, one thing that's brought me joy is finding out a new fact from Mark and Nick just now about a band I didn't know about. Um, what else? I was just telling you guys about how I've really enjoyed hanging out with my friends online and playing games on my Switch. So we've been playing Pokemon Unite and Ninjala. Ninjala is very tricky to jump into. It's very chaotic, but it's very fun, um, especially when you gang up on each other. And yeah, I think just keeping up with my friends, um, one of two of them, um, I signed up for a thing from a hot chocolate company where there were, you could nominate like family or friends in lockdown areas to send hot chocolate to. And I sent it to one of them and she was so excited. She sent me vegan cupcakes back. I was like, oh my Aww. God. It's so nice. I know, she's a gem. Um, yeah, so really just my friends and drawing. Um, I'm drawing on my tablet a bit and learning how to make stickers for Instagram. And yeah, just trying to keep myself busy, I guess. It's, I, I tell you what, I think in, I reckon in, in this day and age, games have really been such a huge help for just in terms of just keeping your sanity. Um, that and books, yeah. that and books as well. <laughs> circle back yeah I think um seeing yourself progress in a game and being able to do things like the first couple of hours of Unite I was absolute garbage (laughs) (laughs) Uh, one of my friends was like oh look you're a bit of an aggro player but you like hitting a lot of people and then running away 
And I was like, yeah. And she's like, maybe try Pikachu. And it turns out I'm a gun at Pikachu and other speedsters. <laughs> Love that. Um, but bringing it back to books, um, there's been a lot of great books that I've been reading while we've been at home. And I can't wait to tell you about some of them. Yeah. Well, let's not he- let's uh, not hesitate and dive into the into the book side of things. And of course, as with all episodes, we'll dive off by diving into the world of book news and then discussing the books that we've been reading and enjoying. Um, but then, of course, for our listeners, be sure to stick around to the end where my guests will go head to head in a battle for book supremacy that we like to call book fight. Um, and the big real uh, news topic uh, for this week is um, that you know if you haven't seen it already. It's time to rearrange your book pile because the books for the 2021 Booker Prize shortlist uh, were actually revealed earlier this week uh, in London, which is the big news uh, piece for this uh, for this week. Mark, gonna throw you, gonna throw to you for this uh, for this particular question. Um, what can you tell us about this shortlist? Sure. So um, the shortlist uh, is made up of these books. There's A Passage North by Anuk Arid Pragasm. Apologies if I've mispronounced that. Um, He's a Sri Lankan author, and this novel explores the lasting effects of the trauma and violence of Sri Lanka's civil war um, against the backdrop of a love affair. There's The Promise by Damon Galgit, which is a South African, he's a South African writer, um, and his novel follows a white family over the decades from the apartheid era. Uh, There is No One Is Talking About This by Patricia Lockwood, uh, which is about a woman uh, catapulted to social media fame. Uh, There's The Fortune Men by Nadifa Muhammad, um, which is set in the docks of post-war Cardiff and fictionalizes the story of a Somali sailor who was wrongly accused of murder. Uh, There's Bewilderment by Richard Powers, which is about um, a widowed astrobiologist who turns to experimental treatments to help his nine-year-old son um, and winds up taking him to other planets. And there's Great Circle by Maggie Shipstead, um, which intertwines the stories of a a post-war female pilot and a 21st century Hollywood actress who is making a film about her. Uh, so it's quite a, a varied list this year. Um, and I'm reading the um, BBC News uh, article about it and um, the arts correspondent um, at the BBC uh, said that these are books you will actually want to read, uh, which I think is is, is interesting. High praise. Because these are, these all, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, none of them stand out as something that would be, um, you know, unreadable. And I've I've got a copy of No One Is Talking About This that I haven't read, and I've ordered a copy of Bewilderment, which obviously I haven't read. Um, as always, this is just a story of stories I've not read. But um, yeah, like these these are books that that I've been interested in prior to their um, inclusion in the Booker Prize. Uh, I think um, uh, Kazuo Ishiguro uh, is a bit of a surprise um, to be left off the shortlist. Um, I think he was possibly an early favorite um, to win for his book, Clara and the Sun, but obviously he didn't, he didn't make it. Uh, so I think uh, I, I can't pick a favorite out of these, obviously having not read them, but um, just knowing reputations and things, I, I don't know which one stands out to me as, as one that, that would win. Um, Richard Powers obviously won the Pulitzer Prize uh, for the overstory. Uh, so, you know, whether, whether that, that counts um, uh, towards anything, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing uh, who wins and I'm very much looking forward to reading uh, the two that I've picked up. Um, so yeah, exciting times. And we'll find out in November, I think, this year uh, when the winner will be announced. 
Uh, yeah, it does look like a very interesting uh, long list right there, Mark. And as you mentioned, it'll be announced on the 3rd of November, the winner will be announced um, in a ceremony at the BBC Radio Theatre. And uh, each shortlisted author that has made it this far will receive a £2,000 £2 prize, while the winner um, will take home £50,000, uh, which is a huge prize. Um, so best of luck to all the people who made the shortlist there. It's going to be a very interesting Booker Prize uh, this year. Um, so that'll bring us to the end of the book news section for this segment. And we're now going to move on to the books that we are reading and enjoying. And we actually have someone else who has joined us now um, over the over the airwaves, which is our third guest, um, all the way from London. Uh, once again, our publicly publisher relations and content lead for UK, Australia and New Zealand at Rakuten Kobo. Nick Coveney. Nick, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm good, thanks. How are you guys doing? We're doing very well, thanks. So we're, it's still in lockdown, it's lockdown times here in Sydney, but uh, we can't complain, especially when there's uh, so many wonderful books that are, that are out there in the world right now. Um, we're going to dive straight into the books that we have been uh, reading and enjoying. And Mark, I'm going to throw uh, to you first for this one. Um, what, what, uh, what books have you been reading over the last couple of weeks? Thanks, thanks, Nick. Um, gonna disappoint everyone because I didn't bring horror and sci-fi. I guess my picks this 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 month could be referred to as aggressively gay. But um, <laughs> I, the first book that that I've read that's taken this is a book that has been on my to read pile for years, um, and I finally got to it. It's *The Line of Beauty* by Alan Hollinghurst, uh, which won the Booker Prize way back in two thousand and four. Uh, and I finally got to it, um, and it, it's a really great book, and it's nice to have that experience where you've had this book that you bought, and it looks a bit worthy, and you leave it there for years, and then you finally read it, and it's like, oh, why didn't I pick this up as soon as I bought it? Because it just reads so well. Um, so it's a great book that examines the intersection of like the 1980s Thatcher um, and the AIDS crisis in London through the view of a character who never quite fits in uh, with the wealthy well-heeled world in in which he lives uh so the the main character is a university student uh who winds up lodging with his friend uh with his friend's family and his friend's dad uh, is a tory politician in margaret thatcher's um government uh and so he as a gay character um during this time kind of has to come out and 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 kind of have his experiences as, as a young gay man during this period with, um, you know, AIDS kind of becoming a, a growing concern everywhere. Um, and, you know, how he kind of fits in with this, on the surface level, uh, quite archly conservative family and world in which he finds himself. Um, and I found that he was a, a really interesting character. Uh, and what I liked most about the book is the way that um, it's kind of a book of facades. There's the images that people project, which are very, very important, um, especially in politics. And then in the last 50 pages of this book, all of those facades collapse um, and you kind of discover the true nature of, of everybody and what everybody's been hiding um, and what everybody's true perception of, of each other is. Uh, and yeah, I just, I, I thought it was, it was a really interesting book and all of that happening against the backdrop of the, the tragedy of the, of the AIDS crisis in the eighties, um, makes it a very compelling read. And, you know, it's just beautifully written. Um, I've not read any other Alan Hollinghurst books, um, but I'm definitely going to now, um, because, uh, yeah, this is just a masterpiece. Love it. Do, did, I have a feeling we've talked about this book before. Was this the last time Nick was on the podcast that, that he, I feel like he's mentioned this book before. 
It's not one I've mentioned, actually. Um, oh, really? It's yeah. No, You're it's, just it's in London. To a few others. Well, no, I, I do. I tend to pick aggressively gay books as well, so that there is definitely a theme um, as, as queer as possible. Um, and I, I have read, you really should try a lot of the other Alan Hollinghurst books because they're absolutely brilliant. Um, his most recent, I think, is The Sparshot Affair, which has got a lot of rowing in it, which I enjoy because I'm part of an LGBTQ rowing club. Um, but the one that I read when I was very, very young, um, his most iconic is probably called The Swimming Pool Libraries, which is uh, a little bit about the bathhouse culture, uh, the underground bathhouse culture in uh, a London-based swimming pool. Um, I was gifted that by my auntie when I was like 15 and hadn't officially come out to everyone, which is a very eye-opening experience. Um, and another great book of his is called The Spell. That's um, very themed around the 90s and is quite sort of psychedelic, but he's a brilliant writer. Thanks, Nick. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely check those out. Cool. And, and the second book that I wanted to, to talk about uh, today is a book that um, we, we actually didn't have this locally at Booktopia. I had to order it in from overseas, but it's called Last Call and it's by Elon Green. Uh, it is a true crime book about a serial murderer uh, in the US, uh, who was called the last call killer. Um, and he um, preyed on gay men over a period of about a decade in the 90s in New York City. And it's a really interesting book because he's not a very well-known killer. And part of that is potentially because of who he was targeting um, and mm -hmm. the way that he was going about it because he was um, targeting people who were more often than not in the closet um, and he was picking them up at these underground bars, people who were on business trips in New York and things like that. Um, and he was picking them up in these bars and then they would just go missing and turn up days later on a turnpike chopped up into pieces in garbage bags. Um, and it's been a series of crimes that has, you know, almost been forgotten. Um, and it paints, uh, the, the strength of the book is that Elon Green paints a really strong picture of what life was like at the time um, for gay people and the complexity of it. He really tells the stories of the victims as opposed to the stories of the killer. And I think that's that's a trend that, that we're starting to see emerge a lot in um, in true crime writing at the moment where, you know, we are, I, I, I like to think moving away from glorifying the killers and talking about the impact of their crime as opposed to who they were. Um, and yeah, it tells it tells the, the story of these people who were driven to their fate often by the nature of the lives they led. These were people who were leaving behind, um, in some occasions, wives and children. Uh, so you know, you can imagine the shock that um, that families had when they found out not only was your loved one murdered brutally, but there was this whole other side of their life that you may not have known about, and to find out about it in this way um, is tragic. And then you know, he he kind of follows the investigation and um, ultimately the, the capture uh, of, of the, of, of the um, perpetrator. But um, yeah, it's, it's a very hard hitting, sad look at a tragic time, um, a tragic series, a tragic event in a very conservative time in American history. Um, yeah, and I, I found it extremely engrossing, very compelling and very sad. Wow, I'm amazed that we have that that so little is known about this. This sounds like such a fascinating um, crime story. 
um, why do you think it's, it hasn't really, I mean, obviously there's this book, of course, what, is it just the fact that it was, it came out of a time where, where such, such crimes and the nature of that and how it was affected just weren't discussed enough? Does the book go into that? A, a little bit. I, I think my personal take on it is that, you know, he, at, at the time, in terms of media coverage for these things, uh, uh, you know, this was still a, a time where there was a perception that the suffering of people like that was because they deserved it, um, which is an attitude that has that has changed uh, a lot over the years, um, thankfully. But um, yeah, I, I, and I think, you know, it's also a time when there was prolific serial killings happening in, in the US. Um, and often there are people like Ted Bundy, where there's a huge body count and they catch him and it's all sensationalized. Uh, this guy, they didn't catch him for like 10 years. It took a long time to find him. Um, and his body count wasn't as high as like a Ted Bundy or something. So I guess, you know, it's cynical to kind of say, but on just on the, the spectacle scale that the media kind of tends to it be attracted by it. it. It just didn't have that, that scale, I guess. Yeah. It's sounds like a very fascinating book and a very fascinating uh, period in history. Thank you so much, Mark. Love those recommendations. Um, I'm now going to throw to, um, to our guest, um, Nick. Uh, good morning. Hello. Um, what have you been enjoying over the last couple of weeks? You just told us that you came back from, came back from holiday. Um, how uh, have you had the chance to get some reading in? Yeah, I did, um, including some books that haven't actually sort of officially hit the market yet. So I'll, I'll focus on the ones that people can actually go out and um, <laughs> either buy or pre-order. Um, but I was doing a, a cruise around the coastline of the UK, going to, you know, really exotic locations like Liverpool and Greenock in Scotland. Um, so it was a bit of a bustling holiday, but it's nice to actually be able to be out of lockdown and able to travel um, and you know, have a little bit of an R&R &R session. Um, so I've been reading on my uh, Kobo the last couple of weeks, uh, which is the, the name of our e-reading devices as well as, and they're available from Booktopia for any listeners out there who are looking for an e-reading device in their life. Um, and I first book I'd like to recommend is one called Meet Me in Another Life by uh, Katrina Sylvie. And it, it's a really, really um, fascinating book. It's one of those like tricky genre straddling ones, uh, which hits lots of different notes at the same time. It's if I had to categorize it as one thing, it's probably sci-fi, but it's quite literary sci-fi. And despite it being very literary, it's also very readable. Um, I don't want to say too much uh, because it's very twisty and full of um, important moments that sort of make you stop and think. But the premise is that Thora and Santi keep meeting, but they've met before. And they're the only people who are aware of the fact that they've met before. And they keep meeting again and again in different ways, in different lives. Um, so yeah, I'd recommend that. Oh my God. That sounds amazing. I'd love the examination of, of, of past lives or lives in, in between, which would be probably a very surreal experience to have, to have happen to you. I imagine it would be very surreal for those characters as well. Yeah, it, it's, it's very, very interesting because there is that kind of um, fourth wall breaking element to it because it's, it's such an odd, um, um, compelling premise that, you know, even the characters are kind of sucked up into what's happening to them because they're aware of it, but nobody else is. And what does that mean? Um, so yeah, it, it's very, very compelling. And I think it's, um, only recently come out as well. So 
definitely a good one to dive into. Yeah, it came out on the 8th of July. Nice. Um, next recommendation. Um, this one is a, a bit strange for me to talk about because I actually have a couple of cameo appearances in it. It's um, a friend of mine has self-published her memoir, um, but it is available through all good bookstores, including Booktopia, of course, uh, and in physical and ebook. Um, and the title is called Cheat, Play, Live. So I'll let you uh, guess where she got the, the premise for that for. Uh, the author is Lisa Edwards, um, who now is um, an online consultant, uh, yoga instructor, um, and an amazing author. But previously, she worked for a number of leading publishers here in London as well. So th that's how uh, we met and became friends. And this is um, a very, very moving um, memoir where she she goes through everything from her childhood growing up in Wales, um, the the men she meets along the way, uh, and the various ways that most of them are completely inadequate, of course. Um, and she also goes into some some really interesting um, personal stuff about developing um, an unhealthy reliance on alcohol um and sort of discusses you know like what alcoholism is and isn't and goes into um her experiences with a lot of quitlet um and how she basically has been moved by both you know traveling to some incredible locations including egypt uh india new zealand australia she's incredibly um well traveled but along the way she has this sort of epiphany where she realizes that she can do um whatever she wants to lisa also is author of a brilliant blog called because i can um and she's covered some of the topics in the blog prior to writing this book so i, I found it very very moving and um I've, I've got my own kind of lived experience with alcoholism because I'm from a long line of Irish alcoholics. So um, I've always been teetotal, but I'm a bit of an outlier in the UK book society for not drinking. So it was really interesting to read like a different perspective on someone who's decided that actually they'd rather not drink. I imagine that, that, that reading this, this, in, this incredible memoir, but also seeing yourself actually uh, on the page as well, if, correct stop me if i'm going down a path here but i'd imagine it would have it would have looked uh, put a lot of things into context for, for situations you wouldn't have understood was it strange also seeing yourself on the page too really, really strange particularly as i'm sure lisa won't mind you say this but what one of them is a very kind of like offhand comment about how <laughs> uh, a, a relationship that um you know didn't work out for her was um hallmarked by her you know then squeeze deciding to flirt with everybody she knew including some of her best gay friends and that that was an oblique reference to me so that was um that was funny but there are other bits where i'm more obviously named and yeah it was it was interesting because uh obviously i have my own perspective on those moments as well and was seeing it from my lens but um hearing how it fit into her story and also having it be part of a narrative with Lisa, you know, telling her story so compellingly. Um, that was really fascinating and also quite surreal. It's like, oh yeah, that, that did happen. I, I remember that, kind of. <laughs> fascinating. Um, and then thirdly and finally, I've only just started reading it, but I'd love to recommend The Transgender Issue by Sean Fay. It's just come out. I think that um, 
in Oz, it might be coming for pre-order, but it's just come out here in the UK. Um, and it's a really kind of vital manifesto um, that looks at the, the way that um, the trans community in the UK have been vilified and um, makes a very compelling case for so just human decency and um it's kind of like a political manifesto um it's really really brilliant amazing so is it like a i, I know that like a lot of people struggle with the whole thing around transgender policy because often they don't really understand the actual context of where these people are coming from does it dive into that and kind of try to help educate people on exactly you know this is how the concept of gender works for people who are transgender Yes, completely. And I, I think it, it's very honest um, and detailed. But the, the thing is that, you know, it's very unflinching. There's, there's no kind of denial that things are complicated. There's no um, whataboutery or kind of um, moral judgments. It's just very, very forensic in explaining the sort of clear, rational elements of things and trying to take a lot of the heat out of things and look at everything in sort of like human terms and just be very, very... Um, clear on what you know what is happening and why but also some of the um the misinformation that sort of circulates and how that gets uh, propagated and how it can be incredibly harmful because um you know there's there's been this whole issue uh, as the, the title makes out of trans people being turned into a point of debate trans people aren't a debate they exist they mm. want to exist in peace and and you know, live happy and prosperous lives just like everybody else. And it, it shouldn't be a sort of uh, existential question that gets turned into Schrodinger's trans person, yeah. where <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, not, it's not an academic device. These are, you know, real people living real lives and, you know, overwhelmingly living them in a way which is um, peaceful and positive to society. So why are they constantly being framed as this kind of, uh, area for moral panic and you know I think um, we've touched on this before in previous um, episodes but it's really tricky hearing some of the rhetoric that's circulating at the moment in um, far-right politics where they seem to be trying to go back to the moral panic um, that you know people like myself associate with um, Thatcher's 80s and 90s you know I, I grew up in the 80s and 90s and, and kind of had the experience of knowing that being gay wasn't okay with mainstream society before I even realized that I was um, because of the way it dominated our politics. So I think it's just really important that books like this get celebrated and get the attention they deserve because um, they're very, very clear and very helpful. Just jumping in to say that um, 4th of October, that's released in Australia. Thank you. Not too long to wait, guys. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much, Nick. Those are amazing recommendations. Um, and I hope, I hope that a lot of our listeners get the chance to check these books out um, because uh, they sound absolutely fantastic. Um, last, but certainly not least, um, I will throw to Cass. Um, I always love it when Cass comes on and throws me absolute curveballs in terms of her book recommendations. Cass, what have you been reading over the last few weeks? Um, lots of different things. I also want to say that Nick and um, Mark's suggestions sound amazing and very emotionally intense because they're documenting things that are not usually covered in the mainstream and I need to grab those. So I'll be looking up the podcast notes to do that. <laughs> um, I made my own notes so I could tell you what I need to tell you. So 
The first book I want to talk about is an audiobook. It's called How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind by Dana K. White. Um, so lockdown has us at home pretty much all the time. And it means that we're surrounded by our stuff, including the stuff we should have decluttered when we moved back home a lot. So I've been working on that. And Dana basically, she has a completely different approach to like managing your house and your chores and stuff like that. And it's more about making it an automated process rather than being like, okay, I'm going to get rid of all the stuff in my house at once. And that's it. Cause that's overwhelming. And that's a lot and emotionally exhausting. <laughs> so um, start with like tiny things and then it keeps rolling. And then she has like her own way of like decluttering and stuff to take like the emotional weight out of it. Um, so I found that really good and it helped me get through a whole box of things. And you look at things and you're like, why did I keep that? Why did I think that all these DVDs would be like really important? <laughs> They're not, you can stream them literally anywhere. The book I have in front of me is Larimar by Caroline Graham and Kylie Stevenson. So I've been reading this book and it describes itself as like an outback Agatha Christie. So the two authors did a podcast on the town of Larimar and this story of this man named Paddy and he's a bit of a larrikin and he goes missing. But the thing is Larimar isn't an ordinary town. It's very, very isolated. There's only 12 people in it and with Paddy gone, there's only 11. And it turns out everyone kind of hated him and could have had a motive to do something really bad to him. So these two journalists arrive and they try and piece together a story of a town that has become really, really left behind and all the personalities within it. So I feel like it's going to be a great read because it reads more like a crime thriller than a nonfiction book. So all the characters are really distinctive. Um, I think it's going to be one that everyone's going to be talking about. And if you love Tiger King and kind of the buck wild, how is this possible kind of lives other people lead, then you will probably love this. And the last book I have to tell you about, or the last, second last, is The Deep End by Jenna Guillaume, which is a very cute short story that I would recommend to anyone who needs something a little bit summery and a little bit lighthearted, particularly in lockdown, particularly in spring. Um, so it's about a girl named Rosie who has embarrassed herself massively in front of the entire school at the swimming carnival and she never wants to be seen again. And she gets a note from the cute boy in class who's like a champion swimmer where he offers to teach her how to swim after school. And it's kind of just a really cute story about like family and pressure and becoming more comfortable with yourself. And yeah, it's just adorable. Also, I bought it on the Booktopia app. Um, oh, so yeah. local ebook purchase, <laughs> always a good thing. Well, we like to hear instant access. Exactly. I was like, I want this lined up so I can read it for Australian reading hour on Tuesday. And I was smashing it and I didn't want to put it down. And I'm like, I have to go back to work. It's like, yeah, but Jake and Rosie are so cute. <laughs> it's always nice when you get like a really cute story like that. Um, oh my God. Yes. And yeah, I'm definitely all for like fluffy romance at the moment. <laughs> and the last book I wanted to tell you about is another curveball where I will admit it was the cover that really grabbed me. It's called Wonder Wars and it's by two graphic designers who became muralists in America. So they do these really bright, colourful murals. But what really caught my eye is that there's a yellow seat on the front cover and it has a French bulldog on it. 
And I was like, I need to know what this book contains. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a really interesting look at like how you can create a mural at home, like color theory and what kind of patterns you like and kind of thinking more about design in your own space to be able to achieve that on your own, um, which I honestly had not thought about, but it sounds really cool. I'm not sure about painting on like a massive scale, but like it's definitely interesting to think about on a smallish scale. Wow. It's, I love the sounds of, I love the, because I think in this current time, you know, people have been kind of wanting to get into things like painting and, and pottery and stuff like that. So to actually have the chance to, to examine that and go into a bit more detail on it sounds really cool. Um, mm. I, always love you. I always love your craft recommendations. Um, Cause I was like seeing you like drawing and, and doing drawings like in your lunch break, which is always really fascinating. So it's, it's cool to see uh -huh. that there's so many great books out there that offer that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much um, for those recommendations, Cass. I'm particularly interested in, uh, in Larimar because we've got them. Uh, we've got uh, Caroline um, and Kylie have, um, coming on the podcast um, in the next, uh, in the next week or so. So um, should be a very fascinating book to look at. All right, let's dive into the final part of this podcast. You know what it is. I know what it is. It is time once again for book fight. So as with, as with always, I will require a buzzer for every single one of you guys. Um, and I'll throw to you first, Nick, what shall your buzzer be? <laughs> throw you off, throw you on the spot there. Just <laughs> I'll just go for holiday. Holiday. Oh yes, please. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Love where your brain's at. <laughs> um, Mark, what should your buzzer be? Uh, beauty. Oh, love it. Very nice. Um, and lastly, but certainly not least, Cass, what should yours be? Um, I'm going to go with Laramore because it's in front of me. Love it. It's, yeah, it's such a nice word, Laramore. All right. <clears throat> we have our buzzers. We have the questions. Let's play book fight. Question one, in which country was Lewis Carroll's famous book, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, banned? Holiday. Holiday, yes. Um, the UK? No, I've not got the UK here. Yeah. It was not banned in the UK, no. Oh, banned, sorry. I thought sorry, banned, yes. I really need more, more coffee. No, yeah. I, um, America? <laughs> No, it was not banned in America either. Sorry. <laughs> but I'm surprised it wasn't. I'm surprised it wasn't. Mark, Cass, would you like to have a guess? I would not know, honestly. Mark? I don't know. Italy. Italy. <laughs> <laughs> We're just throwing names now. Italy. No, the, the answer I would have accepted was China. It was the only country in the world oh. where it was banned. Yes, China, which was uh, of, of all places. Um, oh. Question two. For a potential six points, I hope you were paying attention earlier in this podcast, unless you were Nick. Sorry, Nick. Um, <laughs> tell me what the six shortlisted books are for the 2021 Booker Prize, and I'm going to suspend the buzzer for this one, so I want to hear them shouted out. Um, I, I can do it just because I, I read up on it this morning. I know. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, no one is talking about this. No one is talking about this. Yes. Bewilderment by Richard Powers. Yep, Bewilderment, I'll take that. 
The Fortune Man. Fortune Man, yep. You better not have it up uh, on the screen. <laughs> you'll never know. No. I, I got three. I got three. You got three. Yeah, you got half of them. You got half of them. Can I throw this out to anyone else? Cass, Nick, do you want to have a crack? Um, the only one I could remember is no one is talking about this, which Mark has oh, already said. Sorry. But which also sounds very timely and interesting. <laughs> There's one that's called the Great Circle or something? The Great something? Like, yeah, there is, yeah, there is Great Circle. I think, Mark, you mentioned that one, didn't you? Yeah, the Great Circle. It's the um, um, okay. Great Circle by Maggie Maggie Shipstead. Yeah, yeah, I thought we, yeah, it was one of the yeah, ones yeah. mentioned. Um, bewilderment. Did Mark mention yep. that one? Yes, he did. I think. I think those okay. are the three. So um, I mentioned bewilderment. Yeah. No, I yeah. didn't. I didn't. I didn't mention Great Circle. So Nick gets a Nick gets a point for that. Oh, sorry. Yes, you do get a point. I sorry. Two, I, I said Fortune Men was the third one. So Nick Fortune Men. That's right. Um, no. the first one was a bridge, something. Wasn't it the love story set in Sri Lanka? Oh, you're very close. It's not a bridge, but it is like a... Road? Oh, you... Uh, <laughs> oh, north, north Road. North, north something. North, yeah, it's that. I'll, I'll give that... I'll, like, I feel like I should give you both a point. The answer is uh, you, you're so ridiculously close. I'm going to give it to you. It's a passage north. Um, there we go. I'm going to give you both I was going to say, out. I could tell you the covers. It was a combined effort. It was a combined effort to get that one. <laughs> we can split it. We could split that. Um, there was one left. Do we want to have a crack and see what it was? Guess what it was? Mm, it's the one about the South African family, isn't it? I think so. It's two words. Yeah. It's quite, sim quite simple. Uh, the something. Yeah, actually, literally. It's <laughs> the something. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> I feel like we've done like let's uh, let's let's. Call I can it tell you the cover. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the answers were a passage north, which you got. The promise um, was the one we were missing. The fortune uh -huh. men, bewilderment, great circle, and no one is talking about this. Would have been the answers I accepted. Well done, great work, guys. Uh, yeah. Question three: The Lion King is a movie loosely inspired by which Shakespeare drama? Larimer. Holiday. Oh, I heard Larimer first. I heard Larimer Hamlet? first, Cass. Hamlet? It is Hamlet is the correct answer. Well done. Question four. In which town is the book To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee set? Ooh. What's the name of the town where To Kill a Mockingbird is set? That's, 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 that's a deep fight there. <laughs> <laughs> the deepest. Um, I haven't read To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, no. <laughs> I know, right? Like, ever. <laughs> so, I'll give you a clue. It's also similar to Ghost Set a Watchman. I feel that's really, that's horrible. <laughs> that is horrible. That's horrible. See, that's only that's a book that she's written. <laughs> no, I have bought a copy, but I have um, not read I, it. I... I've not read it since high school, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say pass on this. <laughs> I, I will give you a point I, if you can name the state. I'll give you a point. It's in Alabama. It is in Alabama, yes. And it's like it's a fictitious place name that that sounds like two things put together. Um, I think it's got May in it, but I can't remember the rest oh, of it. It's yes, May something in Alabama. Yes, it does have May in it. It does have May in it. 
Mayhaven, Maycomb. Maycomb is the answer. Maycomb is the answer. Wow. Well done. Maycomb, Alabama. And and because you got the state and you got the... I know that was originally put as one point, but you got the state and you got the the town. So I'm going to give you two points for that. Well done. Um, Question five. And we have just crossed the the halfway point of book fight. Currently, Nick is on three points. Mark is on four points. Cass is on two. So it's very close right now. Um, Still very much up for grabs for everyone. Question five. Um, this novel has been very recently released. Uh, what, which novel follows the disappearance of Joy Delaney? Holiday? Yeah. Uh, I've just had a mind blank moment. <laughs> 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 Don't back out. I had it and it's gone. <laughs> Can we get more of a clue, Nick? Uh, this author is, is extremely high profile. It's a very, very high profile release. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, several of her books have recently uh, been adapted for fa- into famous shows that, repe- um, that are appearing Laramon? on a streaming service that will remain unnamed. Laramon? Um, yep. Is it Leanne Moriarty's Apples Never Fall? You would be absolutely correct. It is Leanne Moriarty's Apples Never Fall. So question six. For seven points, name all of Morris Gleitzman's recently completed YA Felix series. I will suspend the buzzer for this one too. If you can, sh- if you can shout them out, I want to hear if you can get them. I need the last one. Got once, yep. Always. Always, yes. That's another one. Felix is one of them. Is one of? No, Felix is not one of them, unfortunately. Is one of them called Never? No. <laughs> We're just going with opposites. After. I've, After I've never heard one. of them. So no oh, idea. really? I thought like Morris Glatzman was huge in the UK. No? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Uh, well, if that's the case, I'm very sorry, Nick. Bit of an Aussie dick. I can't think of it. Yeah, I can't think of any others. I could have sworn that Morris, like... I don't know. If that's the case, I'm very sorry, Nick. Um, but yes, the uh, if does anyone else want to have a crack, or are we we done? No. We got three there. Which the answers I would have accepted would have been once, then, now, after, soon, maybe, and then the last one, which came out um, earlier always. this week. Always. Um, question seven, and this is going to be a very niche question, and I'm <laughs> terrified how it's going to be responded to. Either that, or Cass will be on it like that. Question seven, for two points, what is the highest ever selling manga series of all time and who is its author? Oh, that's tricky. <laughs> There's so many. There are so many. <laughs> I've, I've taken this one from the incredible source of Wikipedia. It's incredibly reliable. <laughs> um, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? I'm going to hazard a guess and say Berserk. I haven't got Berserk here as the answer. I'm sorry. No, okay, let's keep guessing. Yeah, you can <laughs> if you want. Keep guessing. Um, is it Demon Slayer? No, it is not Demon Slayer. Is it Naruto? It is not Naruto. Is it One Piece? It is One Piece. I will give oh, that to you. Oh, there we you. go. One Piece. I, and who's the author? I don't know. That's I okay. should know because I read manga, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't started One Piece because it's so long. Yeah, look, yeah, it, it, it's 64. 
It is extremely long. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, the author is Ichiro Odoa. I hope I pronounced that correctly. And uh, for context, it's there's a hundred volumes of it, and the current yep. sales are estimated at 490 million copies, which is insane. How many mm-hmm. copies that is? So yeah, well done. So glad you got that one. Yay! Choices <laughs> <laughs> um, and- of elimination. <laughs> Um, and that brings us to our very last question. Currently, uh, uh, Mark is on, th- uh, is on seven points. Cass is on four. Nick is on three. Our final question for two points. Tell me what was the first ever fiction novel to be published in English? What is the first ever fiction novel to be published in English? Clue, it's really famous. <laughs> Sounds like an Olivia Frico question. That does. <laughs> I don't know if she'd get this one actually. It's a look. It's a. It's a very, very, very famous one. And if you got it, I would be very impressed. It's quite difficult. Do you want to have a crack? Yeah. Is it the death of King Arthur? It is not the death of King Arthur, unfortunately. <clears throat> it's a. It's viewed as an. It's. It's. I'll give you a clue. Um, it involves the story of a castaway on a remote tropical desert island. Oh, right. Um, Larimar? Larimar, yes. Is it Robinson Crusoe? It is Robinson Crusoe is the answer. Is the first ever no- uh, fiction novel to be published in English. Nikki, you- I hated that novel. I had to stop I, myself I'm, from jumping I, in there and saying Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> you just, oh God, I, I had to read it for an English class for uni and I hated it. And it just, it was terrible. And yeah, good for Robinson Crusoe's author, I guess. I feel I'm, I'm sensing a contestant of a contesting of the response there from Nick. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, as an English person who did an English <laughs> degree, um, that isn't what I got. So it was the first novel published in English. But yeah, who am I to argue with Wikipedia? Um, <laughs> I don't know. This one actually came from a, this one came from like a, a random online quiz place. We often go digging around late in, late on a, late on, on the evenings and trying to find good questions. So what was the one that you got taught out of curiosity? I see. I think it would have been something like Beowulf, but moved forwards because that's one of the first written um, stories that we have in, in English, you know, Beowulf being something that was written in old English, then middle English, and then adapted. But I guess the whole concept of, you know, what the novel is, what is a novel, what, when did the novel come about, is probably the, the trick to it. So obviously there were um, stories told in the English language before then, but they might have not f- fat with fat? fit fitted. I'm very tired, I'm sorry. They might not have <laughs> fitted nicely with the um, modern definition of a novel. So I imagine that it's like Robinson Crusoe is the first novel um in english language but it certainly wasn't the first story um that was printed in english well i'll throw this one out to our listeners i'm gonna throw this out here if you can if you can find a point which uh, proves otherwise um please drop it in the comments let us send us a comment on our on uh, on soundcloud let us know because uh 
the, from what I'm saying, the place that I found it said Robertson Crusoe. Uh, it's 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 an interesting one. Keep keep watching that. Um, Stop saying the, the place you found it and just say Wikipedia. <laughs> it's no, this wasn't Wikipedia. It's a different it was a one. Play. It was it was an actual like, online online literal <laughs> quiz place. That's where I got it from. I didn't take it. Was it Buzzfeed? Which which first Buzzfeed. novel no, it wasn't published Buzzfeed. in English are you? It wasn't Buzzfeed. I found another Wikipedia article that lists all of the potential contested candidates and the Mort de Arthur, <laughs> as in the, the death of King Arthur, is on that list. Um, but there's, oh. there's loads. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, look, I think, uh, I think uh, we've, got a contested, we've got a contested last question here, but unfortunately it didn't actually make a difference to who, who finished in first place, unfortunately. <laughs> so... <laughs> it's fine. It's not been my best week. <laughs> Um, that brings us to the end of book fight. Let's have a look at the scores. Nick, you finish with a very respectable three points. Cass finishes with six. Mark, you take the win with seven points. Well done, Mark. Yeah, nice work. But also, Nick Thank being you. up early in a different time zone. Yeah. Yeah. With series that I've never heard of. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, I feel awful. Now. With niche history. Yeah, I think, I think okay, that... it's, it's only like, it was only seven points. It's fine. <laughs> 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 I feel awful because I, I swear that Morris Gladstone was big in the UK. Well, he was when I was there, but I'm I feel awful. So I'm just gonna go and have a solid think about about my quiz and my quiz selections <laughs> from now yeah, on. Yeah, you go sit in the corner and you have a think about what you've done. Yeah. <laughs> Over your weekend, we'll bring this up. We'll bring this up in my annual review. <laughs> um. But unfortunately, that brings us to the end of the weekend booktopian for another week. Thank you to all of my guests for joining us. And please be sure to check out all of the books that we have mentioned today down in the description box. Especially thank you to Nick for joining us all the way over in the UK. Head to Booked the Booktopia at Radican Kobo app to gain access to millions of ebook titles. Millions, I tell you. And also check out a selection of e-readers as well that you can also buy from Booktopia. Nick, it is an, always an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. And thank you so much for coming on once again. Always a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. The Weekend Booktopian was produced by myself, Nick Wasiliev, and you can check out hundreds of episodes on our Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud channels, including our recent interview with Ross and Rachel Menzies, author of Mortals. Also, be sure to check out Booktopia TV on YouTube, or if you can't get enough of chatting to authors, head to the Booktopian blog, curated by Olivia Frico, where you can read articles that are pushed every single day, including a fantastical article from our very own Amy Evans about 10 books that encapsulate American style. Thanks for listening, and never stop reading. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget... You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au.